Hello and welcome to the Feminine Genius Podcast. This is a podcast that celebrates all women of God and their unique genius. I'm your host, Rachel Wong. My very first memory of Andrea Masana was when I was about seven years old. Along with my sister, I listened to her play Part of Your World from The Little Mermaid. And from that day on, I was captivated. It became my goal to play that song. But The Little Mermaid aside, over the many years that I've known her, Andrea has become not just my piano teacher. She was also my choir director, my mentor, and even at one point, my boss. But above all, Andrea is one of my very good friends, and she is like an older sister to me. Andrea is the founder and owner of Aria Music Studio, where she teaches piano to students of all ages. And with over 20 years of experience, Andrea has not only made a profound impact on me, but hundreds of other students, as well as their families, over the years. And her charism of music is at the very core of her life and her faith. And this is very evident in her service within her parish community. And this is where our conversation starts today. Hi, Andrea. Hey, Rachel. How are you? I'm good. I'm doing well. Happy. I'm done. Uh, I'm done for the year mm-hmm. for teaching. That's right. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And I, I just wanted to say that, you know, I'm... A huge fan of yours. I've known you for so long. Um, yep. Do you mind sharing uh, with everyone how long, or maybe how, maybe instead of how long, um, when it was that we first met? Well, I know that well, the studio started in 1995, the RA Music Studio. Um, and I believe you were eight years old when you started with me. And how old are you now? <laughs> We've known each other for a very, very long time. And uh, we've pretty much been on this musical music education journey for, um, gosh, over a decade mm-hmm. at least, right? And then you came and worked at the studio as well. So right. it's kind of come full circle. Yeah. But uh, that's kind of like the story of how we started. And I've I've taught all of your sisters as well. So I feel like your family has really been a part of my journey in starting the studio and you've seen me in the earlier days when mm-hmm. I was at my parents' house teaching out of the living room and then I moved over to the townhouse and then now I'm in my own home with a family, mm-hmm. right? So you've seen me in, in pretty much all the stages of my life, so Aww. it's been awesome. Yeah. How did music enter your life, first of all, like even before all like going to university right. and whatnot? Well, yeah. music was actually part of my life at a very young age. I was babysat when I was five my babysitter she played piano she's probably only maybe in her teens early teens and so being a young kid you're very impressionable and I remember sitting beside her as she was practicing her fur lease and I thought I want to be able to play piano like this so you know my mom Filipina mom you know she actually didn't push piano lessons on me like most Asian moms (laughs) she was actually really surprised when I I came up to her and said hey I want to take piano lessons Mm. so I started off asking my mom for lessons I joined Carillon Music um, at the age of six I took group lessons and then from there I just kept taking lessons took private lessons Um, and I'd probably been taking lessons for I would say about 16 years 
Mm-hmm. So 12 um, and then six more years after that, I, I did my MYC training, music for young children training, my bachelor degree in music. So it's been a really long, long journey for me in terms of learning. And I'm still learning. I'm still taking courses right now for intermediate teaching. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So was music always your plan? Well, for sure, I knew I was going to be a teacher ever since I was really young, probably five or six. I knew I was going to teach. What I was going to teach, I didn't know until high school. So when I was probably in grade 10 or 11, um, I already started teaching piano. And I thought to myself, I could I could do this all my life. I really enjoy this. So I knew probably earlier on in um, high school that I was going to go to university for music and then major in music. Therefore, I could just grow my studio based on you know experience and um and then the things that I'd learn along the way, right? Mm-hmm. So to have the proper credentials, I guess you could say. Right. To be a Royal Conservatory teacher. Mm-hmm. And I guess parallel to that, how mm-hmm. would you say that music has played a role in your faith journey? Huge. Music has always been huge in my life, but most especially in faith, because when I was younger, probably my early teens, I, I was part of YFC, Youth for Christ, And a large part of that movement is really, you know, praise and worship and praising in song, right? Mm -hmm. Worship and song. And so I was always part of the music ministry um, growing up. And I I, um, actually in grade eight, I believe I was asked by our choir director at the time, Mr. Kazin. He asked me to play for mass. Mm -hmm. And I thought, sure, no problem. And uh, I didn't realize I was going to play an organ, which is a completely different instrument than a piano, right? So um, I had that challenge, you know, to learn how to play organ because that's all they had at the church. And mm-hmm. so since that time, I probably was around, yeah, 13, 14, I started playing for church. I started playing um, not just at school masses, but um, Sundays at St. Matthew's. Mm-hmm. Um, now that I'm Precious Blood, I'm playing there as well every Sunday. In terms of like how you've seen maybe God working through you, because it's very clear that you have a talent for music. You Thank have you. such a gift and even going as far as saying that it is a charism. It's something that people are able to connect with and they react to it. So when did you first notice that you had this gift within you? I would say it was when my parents asked me to, to play for their prayer meeting. So they had a prayer meeting at the house and it was a Couples for Christ prayer meeting. And so it it involved music, of course, praise and worship music. And my dad had put the music in front of me. He's like, can you just play these chords over and over again? <laughs> and I'll kind of lead the singing. And I go, okay. So I started playing and then I realized that it actually made a difference for the prayer group and they really enjoyed having that um the music and the accompaniment and they appreciated that and it just helped I guess the prayer atmosphere from then on I decided okay well I feel like this is something that I can use to exercise my faith so of course serving at mass uh, was a huge thing for me Um, anytime I got an opportunity to play for praise and worship at our youth ministry and then in YFC, but also in uh, St. Matthew's when we started J. Crew, we started this youth ministry called J. Crew, and music again was a huge role, mm-hmm. um, just in our praise and worship and and um, introducing young kids and teens to the faith. It just it was just that 
I don't know, kids love music, right? Mm -hmm. They're into it. And so, yeah, it was just a really great channel for me to exercise my faith. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I find that interesting too, just because I know that when I was started getting into praise and worship music, at first I was really, I guess, taken aback just because we're so used to at mass. It's very, you know, everyone's very organized. There's a hymn, there's a book. Mm -hmm. But then once I started doing praise and worship, I was like, wow, like this is entirely different. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to, you know, you were leading a lot of young people and young adults, like how did you find ways to engage young people? Just because sometimes people can feel almost like uncomfortable just Mm -hmm. lifting their hands (laughs) or singing the words and stuff. Yeah, music, I feel like, yeah, the music in in praise and worship is very charismatic and Mm -hmm. it's very, um, you know, participatory, I guess you could say. We use a lot of drums, guitar, um, a lot of rhythm instruments, as well as piano and um, singing to kind of get people into the praise and worship. Mm -hmm. I remember my husband, um, he wasn't my husband at the time, he was just into youth group and he mentioned to me he's like praise and worship that sounds a little scary like he didn't he didn't equate worship with prayer time yet mm-hmm. at that time and so when we we're I remember standing in a circle and there was candlelight and everything and we were singing this really slow song <laughs> and he was kind of spooked a little bit like he didn't want to join in at first because right. he's like what is this all right but then again the music the melody the words mm-hmm. You know, that's what engages people. That's what kind of causes them to stop and just to listen and to be still. And not everybody will, you know, join in right away. But I feel that everybody will at their own time, at their own pace, right? Mm -hmm. So um, World Youth Day was a huge thing for me, like going to Toronto and seeing Pope John Paul II and his message of light was salt and light. That was Mm -hmm. the message that year in uh, 2002, it came full circle for me. Like the reason why um, I do what I do, my love for music, my faith, it just kind of all came together. And I felt like I'm in the right place in life. You know, mm-hmm. I'm using my gifts, I'm using my my charisms and, and um, using it to the fullest through service. So, right. yeah. Mm-hmm. In terms of your faith journey, like you're talking about uh, Youth for Christ as well as your time in World Youth Day. Mm -hmm. Have you always been in your faith or into your faith or what was that journey like for you? There was a time where I I joined Youth for Christ uh, probably around, I don't know, 14, 14, 15. And then I stopped um, youth group just because I got busy. And then I joined again probably two years, three years later Mm -hmm. because they needed people to kind of step up into a leadership position and so at that time I was kind of busy already with university but I decided that I would get involved regardless my faith was very present with me through that time of my life because I was going through um, some breakups and you know just a new chapter of my life being in university being in Victoria, because that's where I did my um, my university years at UVic, I was able to meet some really great people, start Youth for Christ there, get involved in the youth ministry, go to England, actually. We went and we did camp there, and we started Youth for Christ out in England, London, England, which is pretty amazing. And so when you're involved in that level, you just, you're really careful, I think, with what you do and the decisions you make because at university it's known UVic is known as a party school 
And so it's easy to get carried away. It's easy to be distracted. Um, I was part of a band at the time, a Cuban band. So we were playing at, you know, graduations and sports bars and just you name it, like any place that you had a party, we were there, right? So our band would play. But what was interesting is that the faith really helped me keep my morals in check because I knew that people sort of looked up to me. And also I wanted to have that sense of, you know, being real. I didn't want to preach one thing and then live another way, you know? So faith was wonderful because it helped keep me on the right track, I think, in my life and making the right moral decisions. I didn't drink throughout high school or throughout university. It was just my my decision to not, and not saying that it's bad or anything, but it just helped me kind of be really clear in my boundaries. And I, I don't know, it's just such a, it's such a temptation, you know, like there's so many temptations in university. So, and being alone and not having my parents there, right? And nobody kind of like be answerable to, so to speak. I was answerable to my youth group. I was answerable to my God and Savior who I was representing, whom I felt was representing. Now, I'm not saying I'm a saint or anything, but I have to say that being part of a ministry, Youth for Christ at the time, really just helped me um, keep on track. I don't know if I've ever heard that story about you going to England. I didn't oh. even know that you went to England. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I went That's to amazing. England and yeah, we were there for probably about 10 days or so. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we served there. We did youth ministry there. So it was great. And it yeah. must have been an entirely different environment. I mean, given the, um, just the religious leanings over there too. I mean, it's yeah. definitely a lot more, um, like Protestant and Anglican, um, so I don't know, like, could you maybe walk us through how it was received over there? Sure. Um, typically with Youth for Christ, they always set up couples for Christ first. Mm-hmm. That's how they do the ministry. And then they evangelize to their children, to their families. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't really super hard to have participants come to this youth camp because it was pretty much the kids of existing members of couples for christ right but what the funny thing was is their accents they were so cute they <laughs> say the holy spirit the holy spirit yeah like they used to speak of that and um we it was challenging because we didn't know you know how practicing they were or how close they were to the faith like we didn't know they were just kids from probably 13 up to 18 years old um six of us from vancouver six from toronto came together created a service team and we we sort of um, ran the camp that weekend they received it very well mm-hmm. um they continued having meetings afterwards and households we call them households they continued having them well after we parted and we kept in touch for a number of years after so um yeah i thought it was very well received um it was it's just new and different when when you have people from out of town coming into your environment so we taught them some slang like what's up (laughs) and they taught us some slang so it was really cute it was really fun and we had a we had a really good time Mm -hmm. um yeah there's always challenges i mean you're never you're never sure how they're going to take to your youth camp and and the setup of like the talks and everything you're not sure how they're going to receive it but I think overall um our personal experiences and the the stories that we had to share I think that's really what what touches the heart right Mm -hmm. and the fact that we really went out of our way to go there and to really serve on them I think that really um just showed them how much we cared about them so 
there's that saying, you know, they don't, they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care, right? Mm-hmm. So we, we were always trying to come from the point of view, let's get to know these guys first and, and then we'll evangelize to them and share our personal stories with them. So, yeah, it was really fun, really, really fun time in my life. And were you doing praise and worship over there? Praise and worship. I did talk. I think I was talk number two, which is who is Jesus Christ? Uh-huh. <laughs> I had to give that talk. And then I also was part of the music ministry. Nice. So, yeah, okay. it's fun. Wow. So all of these experiences put together, I mean, now fast forward to many, many years later, you have mm-hmm. your own family of two beautiful daughters. And how is that? Or I guess, yeah, this reality of motherhood. I don't want to say change, but definitely there's a lot of change. But mm-hmm. how has that really been an additive or just an additional part of your faith life and your journey with music as well? Okay, well, I, I have to say when Aria was born, I stepped back from a lot of things. I was um, I had actually, once I got married, I stepped down from the youth ministry. I felt like it was time to hand it over to somebody who can stay current with the kids and give them the time that they needed. So I stepped down. And after having Aria, I didn't serve in the church for probably about three years or so because I was busy being mom, you know, running a business at the same time. Mm-hmm. I felt so empty. You know, I felt like something was missing. And then sure enough, one day I was, it was at church and somebody recognized me. Somebody from the choir recognized me and said, hey, I need you to play piano for me for the choir because I'm not going to be able to do this anymore. And I thought, okay, that's a great opportunity. I, I take this as a sign that, you know, it's time to serve again. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to fill up this void in my heart and mm-hmm. start serving again. And so I did. I said yes. And then it turned into, you know, a couple times a month. And now it's like every Sunday. But I have to say that um, I just, I love playing for church. I think it's probably the most comfortable atmosphere for me to play in. Apart, like I used to do, I did weddings. Um, I played funerals. I played um, just different gigs. I played a whole bunch of different gigs. But the most, I would say the most satisfying and the most comfortable, I always feel at church when I'm playing at mass, when I'm playing for mass. So yeah, it's, for me, it's the, the ultimate expression of my faith is to be able to serve for mass that way, right. music. Um, so I've kept that up and having, um, Aria and Asia, my two girls, um, Aria loves music too. She's a music lover as well. Asia's very musical. She's only 10 months or 11 months now. And she's really into like moving and movement and creating beats and such. But with Aria, I can see her. She's been actually doing a lot of conducting at church. Mm-hmm. So she'll conduct the choir while I play. And then she says to me, Mom, one day can I play? And I said, sure, because this is my idea is to help pass on that, that um, the music and playing at church, you know, because I feel like that's going to keep her close mm-hmm. and um, keep her faith alive, right? So that's kind of like my, I mean, I've always sort of been involved, but that three-year hiatus from not, not serving really felt I really felt so empty at that time so I'm mm-hmm. glad that uh, that opportunity came up where right. I was able to serve again yeah mm-hmm. and I think like they always say too is that when of course prayer um, in its purest form is beautiful in itself but then when you're singing or you're doing any type of music it's like twice praying that's right so. singing is twice praying I remember that saying I love that saying mm-hmm. yeah yeah 
so yeah, so the name of this podcast is The Feminine Genius. And you had mentioned the fact that you were able to see Pope John Paul II mm -hmm. um, at World Youth Day, which is amazing. I'm extremely yes. jealous. Um, <laughs> Living saint. <laughs> yeah. But what comes to mind when you hear that term, feminine genius? Well, obviously female. Um, somebody who, um, I guess, has sort of a an extraordinary gift. I don't know. That's kind of what I was thinking. And then I was thinking, why is she interviewing me <laughs> for this? <laughs> um but that's yeah that's sort of what came to mind and now that you have these two beautiful daughters I mean like ranging in such age mm -hmm. regardless of how it is that you view feminine genius how do you wish to help them grow in their own feminine genius mm, it's a good question I feel that as long as they have a really really good foundation in their faith I've done my job you know as a parent because there's going to come a time where they're going to have to make their own choices, essentially. And they're going to have to take ownership of the choices they make. So for me, right now, just being an example, that's what I can do is show them how much I love them, be a good example for them, have a really good open communication with them, tell them that, hey, you can tell me anything, we can have a conversation about anything, and um, if I don't know the answer, we'll figure it out together type thing. Um, but the firm foundation in in faith, I believe, comes in being active, right? Being active, whether it be serving at mass, um, you know, doing anything, anything you can to kind of keep that faith alive. So right now, actually, it's funny, you asked me this question because we were thinking about prayer time and we've been praying, you know, pretty much the same prayers for the past couple of years. Mm -hmm. We decided that we would, you know, start to memorize a few more about Bible passages and kind of have like a collection of Bible passages that we can memorize. So we did that and we've been we've been doing that. And we would pick like a theme, like honesty, for instance, and then we'd have some Bible quotes on honesty and we would we would um, memorize it and say it to each other, you know, at bedtime. So that was great. That was great for a while, just to kind of like spice up our prayer life, mm -hmm. so to speak. And then we decided like recently that we would start to incorporate praise and worship songs because Ari is into guitar now. So I was thinking, oh, that's great, because then we could actually, you know, do some praise and worship as mm -hmm. part of our prayer time. So that's kind of um, been our, our newest, you know, thing is to have prayer and song, which, I mean, it should come naturally, because mm -hmm. that's what we do. We sing a lot, right? But when you're tired and it's before bed, it's like, mm -hmm. it, it's a good way, I think, for us to just um, end off the day, you know, mm -hmm. like a song and, and a prayer or something like that. So that's something new that we're adding to mm -hmm. our to our prayer life. But no, just to get back to your question, um, for me as a parent, I want to have a really firm foundation for the girls in their faith, surround them with good, positive people, people of the faith as well, um, which is why we always, we twice a month, we host a prayer meeting here at the house. And that also shows the girls that we have a community that's bigger than just them that that they can also be a part of at the end of our prayer meetings and discussion we shall come and pray the divine mercy you know as sort of our our end off right so yeah. i guess my final question for you is you're we were talking a lot about praise and worship music and i was wondering if you could share what your favorite praise and worship song is or maybe one that's been 
on repeat on Alexa. I heard that you have an Alexa. So. <laughs> which um, one has been on, on repeat? Oh, which one has been on repeat? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which one now? Well, it's always been Heart of Worship has mm-hmm. been my favorite um, growing up. That's always kind of the one that people would tease me about. They'd be like, oh, yeah, she's going to sing that song again. Here it comes. Heart of Worship. <laughs> um, I, what's, what's that one called again? The one about... Um, the name of that one um still that's what it's called still do you know who it's by i want to say hillsong okay we will fact check we'll, 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 <laughs> we'll, we'll find out <laughs> we'll find it's it called okay. still. it's called yeah. still okay yeah. i'm sure that there will be many people out there that do know it and <laughs> i will find it yes yeah but thank you so much Thank you again to Andrea Masana for sharing some of her time and life with us. If you want to learn more about Aria Music Studio, you can find them online at ariamusicstudio.ca. That's A-R-I-A Music Studio. And of course, thank you for listening to the show today. If you love what you're hearing, please consider leaving us a review and following us on your favorite platform of choice. And you can also find us on social media at FemGeniusPod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can also find bonus material for this show on our website, FeminineGeniusPodcast.com. You can find all of this information in the show notes for this episode. And again, thank you so much for listening, and we'll chat next week. God bless.